Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. be forgot you know what else should be forgotten the movie bloody new year from 1978 <laughs> but <laughs> but we're gonna try 1978 to re- don't you yeah 87 oh yeah yeah 87 87 whatever you better check don't that make fun of me. Uh, so i barely remember this movie but i know that scott kind of enjoyed it and that Brian is like secretly the head of the Bloody New Year fan club. So we should. We're joined this week by Brian Berger, the man behind Jennifer Help Us and past guest on the show. Brian, welcome back to Horror Movie Night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, we we sent you a list of movies that we were going to be discussing, and you immediately were like, I want to do Bloody New Year because I want to discuss how great the one song is, which I'm assuming is the opening theme because I also have a note that says, amazing opening theme song, thank you, cry no more. <laughs> yeah, it starts with the 50s intro, sold. That's what my first note is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is basically the beginning of Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. I, I, I love movies that start in the 50s. Um, I know. Well, you know, I, I we we there's another one that you're forgetting, uh, Invisible Maniac. True. So yeah, I'm actually more of a Cry No More fan than I am a Bloody New Year fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny enough, they actually did a complete version of the song that sounds like a '50s doo wop uh, for the beginning of the movie, and then later on, we actually hear the '80s version. I think Recipe for Romance, which is the theme to Bloody New Year, is actually one of the best not known 80s songs to ever exist. Um, it has been on my playlist since I first discovered it when I rented this movie uh, at a wee age. Uh, it is definitely the best thing about this movie is the song. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would argue the song and the VHS cover, which I still think is a really great VHS cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. The scale- 
skeleton just rocking a party hat and and a little whatever those things are called that you blow in and it goes um party favor party favor there we go i'm just impressed that i was able to make that noise without having a party favor <laughs> that, that was a pretty good impersonation yes Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we have this 50s scene with Cry No More. And then uh, and then it goes to this extended amusement park montage, which I have like three or four different notes on. Um, mostly that they're doing this big dark ride scene, but you can't see shit. Like, it's... It's a real it's dark, a dark ride. ride <laughs> yeah. Really lived up to its name. They could have just put a black screen in front of me for six minutes with people <laughs> having fun in the background. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I should admit, I watched this via the VHS PS bootleg, mm. and this was like one of the first things I ever purchased from VHS PS. So it was definitely back before they tried to like clean up the quality a little bit. So this was like watching a beat up VHS tape. <laughs> like it was, it was tough to see things throughout most of the movie, but that dark ride scene in particular was impossible. That <laughs> I really enjoy watching crappy versions of these obscure movies because it feels like you found a treasure right. you know it's like oh there's not even a good version of it it's like we watched the, we watched the, the brain and like the video dead and, basically and the well, granny. anything that was direct uh, yeah absolutely the granny particularly the because there's boobs in <laughs> but yeah so there's the dark ride scene and then i all of my other notes i wrote as if i was just gonna have total recall of the full movie because they're just they're they're very specific, sarcastic comments about the scenes that happen in the movie without explaining what I'm referring to. So one of them says, no one appropriately is freaked out by any of this. I'm assuming that's when they're in the boats and they, like, are sinking? <laughs> like, No, 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 no. Probably appropriately uh, uh, unnerved by the... Um... This weird greaser gang that wants to murder yeah, that's them. That's it. Yeah. Broad daylight. Yeah. Th they're like so lax about it. <laughs> See, I have a theory that the greaser gang came from the opening scene. Somehow they time traveled into because they are <laughs> they are not from the correct time period. Um, which kind of brings me to yeah, like the sharks versus the the, uh, jets. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the jets or whatever. Yeah, and it's like they're just gonna like tap dance each other to yeah, death. It's the sharks versus the valley girls right now. <laughs> So there's a actual. I, I wrote down a uh, an actual line from this film. <clears throat> let me let me see if I can get the inflection right because I'm pretty sure I wrote it down with with the inflection in, included. Come on, Jan, let's go see the fortune teller. Maybe she'll find you a real man. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a uh, it's a lot of bad. We always talk about bad accents. This is like fucking king of the bad accents right now. Yeah, yeah. Like if we could get that chick. And Fack and Duke in a room together, it would actually sound like aliens talking. <laughs> uh, I really hate it when my crystal ball bleeds all over the table. So um, that really, that would make me freak out. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I have a note here that apparently there's at least one, if not more, scenes in which the actors are clearly waiting for their cue to, like, act or run. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, kind yeah, of brings yeah. us to the, the fundamental problem of this movie. And I honestly believe that it is just horribly edited because they set up some kind of legitimate creepy scare things, but the editing is just so atrocious. I, the opening scene is kind of an example. You know, they do a really good kind of mirror gag where they fake out that the mirror is no longer mirror and now it's two actors. But the way it's executed is just 
horrible. I mean, and that's how all these scares work. It's it's just bad editing. And yeah, it's like the editor always starts two seconds earlier than he should. It, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the the worst offense in the bad editing for the scares is the um, the editing for the footprints appearing oh in the sand. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, man. that was Pee-wee's Playhouse level uh, effects right there. <laughs> um, you guys talk about these things like they're like a, a, a <laughs> negative. I don't know. Like, what planet are you from? Like, the, bad cinema needs bad That's editing. That's so the synth soundtrack is actually pretty solid in this. Um, I know, Brian, you were saying that um, you love that 50s intro. And well, were you saying that the, the this 80s synth version of that song is the best song? Yeah, on I, the I like both versions, but the 80s synth version is one of the yeah. unsung 80s song heroes, in my opinion. And actually, Cry No More did all the music for the movie. Yeah, I think I have a note about that. I, I wanted to point out the fact that they uh, that they we're called cry no more, but I don't know where that happened. But anyway, um, I think it comes up on the screen. Like I think yeah. it straight up says music from cry no more. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I thought I had a note about it, but I'm just, I did a little quick scan of my notes. and I don't see that. Um, but I, <laughs> I don't know why. So I'm in the same boat as you pun intended, Matt. Um, I, I took a couple of these notes where I don't quite remember what was happening but i have a note they're all really antagonistic like they're super mean um i have one that says janet you need to fucking chill i don't know what she was doing but i was like really annoyed with her character um i think that's when they're in the boat we haven't even talked about what happens in this movie so let's all right i want to try to do a very quick plot synopsis of this movie because I'm pretty sure even the Wikipedia page is like a paragraph because there's not that much that goes on. Premise is, group of kids uh, are on a boat. They end up on an island. There's a hotel on the island. And all of a sudden they're in like, uh, much like Rocky Horror Picture Show, they're in a time warp. And (laughs) there's all these different people from the 50s and monsters. And uh, that is literally the entire plot line of this movie. And it's just filled with shoddy editing and bad acting. Oh, and everybody's getting ready to celebrate New Year's Eve, but it's like July or something like that, right? Like, it's definitely not even the winter time. Well, there's actually a backstory that I don't know if you picked up on because we basically only get it through news reports and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's, there's. I think that there's actually some, some, um, ac- some scenes that were shot of what you're going to talk about almost near the end, because it, it is explained, but not in the right. Right. So the army is testing a new secret plane that can go invisible or something. Is, <laughs> is that what we're led to believe? I'm it, pretty sure. Um, I believe it was either invisible or it was like a sub space. Yeah. Uh, like trans dimensional kind of like the, what is it? The Philadelphia experiment type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got a real it, big, um, uh, what's the 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 name of the the base in the mist? You know, Stephen King's The Mist. Oh, um, right, right, yeah. yeah. It, it was almost it was very similar to that, where like they were doing exper- like the government was doing experiments, and they opened up a portal, more or less. But this is a time warp, and time, you yeah. and you, um, if you go into the time warp, you can't get out, and you're stuck as like a kind of an, a malicious undead entity, I guess. 
Right. So it, uh, yeah. And the plane crashed on the island and that's what caused this island to basically become a Brigadoon, you know, on repeat broken record type island. So the concept is solid though. Like I really, if you, if you strip this movie down to the bare bones, the idea is kind of cool. Like it's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of a, um, you know, it's got the sci-fi. It's got kind of a Twilight Zone thing going. It's got oh, there's a good movie hidden in this. It's just a poorly executed version of that good movie. <laughs> well, I would say that there is no good movie hidden in this. It's a good. It's, it's a, a good fun plot. Movie. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. movie. There's... Like, I feel like if you edited this down to like a 20 minute skit, you could get some good shit out of it. But um, it's just. Yeah, there lots of weird drawn out scenes that kind of don't mean anything and um so let's let's go through uh <clears throat> so Matt gave the b- brief synopsis Brian you just gave us like kind of an explanation of why the island is an anomaly. Um so what happens is that they they get attacked by the sharks uh the gang not <laughs> the actual They they get attacked um and steal a boat and then somehow make their way to this island. And then they're taken on water, but luckily the boat sinks in four foot deep water. Like they're all freaking out, but, but they're, they can actually stand and it's only chest high. Uh, but then we have, um, they get in to the, the, they find this hotel and they, um, they take their clothes off. Because that's what you do when you're wet, and then um, the two two of the kids decide that they want to fuck because they're twenty, uh, or they're supposed to be like twenty. Because uh, I think that they're supposed to be in college. Doesn't matter. But there's this spooky foyer's voyeur fifties spooky fifties voyeur lady. Wow, that is a tongue twister. Uh, which is not the sex move that the guy used on his girlfriend. Because when you're twenty, you don't know how to do cunnilingus. Uh, but then they get dressed up into these 50s outfits that they find. And the one girl turns to her boyfriend and is like, are my seams straight? And I honestly was aroused by that. Um, the, the, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but that question is so hot. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have like a fetish for uh, like uh leggings or tights or you know like what or or pantyhose or anything like that like that is a legit stocking fetish but um i don't have that fetish but man the line on old school stockings is just sexy so there you you have it sure you don't have that fetish yeah i I mean i don't like (laughs) i don't i don't seek out photographs of men finishing themselves on women's stockings. So no, I wouldn't I'm say just, that I have that fetish. I'm just saying the amount of times you said, I don't have this fetish <laughs> is kind of, it's kind of like the amount of times <laughs> that my, that my grandfather started a racist joke with, I'm not racist, but like, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a, a stocking fetishist, but I jerk off to stocking. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's basically what just happened on this show. And you can no, hear you, you literally said, I don't have a stocking fetish, but I was hard during this. <laughs> I didn't say hard. I, yes, my, you did. my, yes, my, you I got, I got emotionally aroused. Oh, I wasn't like 
chubbed, you know, like, come you on. You got now. a brain boner then. So, yes. Yeah. I had a heart on. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think, I think this movie awakened something in you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first horror movie night pick to make me question things about myself that I thought I had pushed deep, deep down. Um, and then pulled them out and pushed them back in, pulled them out, pushed them back in <laughs> ad nauseum. Uh, so anyway, uh, how was this fuse box connected to a fireworks box? Because they somehow, like they, I think they try to turn the electricity on in the hotel or something. I can't quite remember, but it sets off a fireball. And it's like a box of, of I think it was sparklers or something because the, the hotel is set up like a ghost town but it's all set up and ready to have a New Year's celebration, which is, it may, I'm just going to go under the assumption that this is California and therefore it can be like 65, 75 degrees on New Year's Eve. Let's just, let's just accept that. Or maybe it's Florida. Maybe it was Cape Canaveral that they were, that they took off from. And this is an island out in the Keys. Like, I'm just trying to put some sort of explanation here, but it's it's a cool thing, and it, it is kind of creepy that they're walking around and there's no one there that they can see, and they're kind of getting a little unnerved, but in the stupid horror movie way where they're not really unnerved, so whatever. But then we have a great shopping mall homage with this crazed vacuum cleaner that like comes <laughs> after them. <laughs> Which I immediately decided that I would love to get stuck in a 1950s time warp. I almost immediately rescind that in my notes and say I don't want to be in this because everybody is getting Final destination in this film and I really don't want that to happen. And Because I didn't realize at the time that people were like dying in the most asinine ways and then coming back to try and kill their friends. So I take it back. I don't want to be stuck in a 1950s time warp unless... Unless there are stockings involved. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to just read the last couple notes that I have because I have no clue what they mean. And maybe you two can shed some light. Uh, I wrote net monster scene. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. That, that's when they go into that like fishing hut or it's like another house that they find outside. And um, some dude like crashes through a wall. Just some rando. He's like a fisherman. And they like drop this hooked fishing net on him and somehow like beat the shit out of him or something or other. But then later on, one of the kids who dies and comes back almost immediately, I believe this is the girl that gets punched through her stomach I have that punch, and immediately becomes a yeah, zombie. Through, I have punched through chest net gets her. Yeah. So two people got that fishing net and hooks all over like the fishing net. And it is kind of a cool scene because you know, it's one thing, you know, in Halloween five, when they're trying to catch Michael Myers at the end and they like throw a big chain link net over yeah. him. That always seemed like such a stupid idea. And then like, are you really going to stop the shape with that? No. But then in this one, this fishing net has hooks all in it. And they, like, I wouldn't say that any of the special effects in this movie are great, but it was pretty effective when she's like, get me out, get me out. And like, um, it shows like the, 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 the hooks tearing into her hands and stuff is pretty gruesome. All right. The next note that I have written down here is the snowstorm door. 
Yeah, um, they open a door and it becomes winter out there, and then they close it, and then I th- or and is that right? And then they open another one and it goes over a cliff, and the guy like falls out. Th- okay, yeah, that sounds like that sounds yeah. about right. And, and then uh, the other two notes that I have are hands out of the wall and that body exploding. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, okay, so I have hand trauma to go with head trauma, both hands. Um, but then we get a ghost pilot's head literally exploding. Oh, 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 okay. So um this is the part that where um Brian and I were talking about how they have this like explanation, the 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 exposition right. kind of with the uh the 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 news reports, and then they show what happened. And it's like the the guy in the plane lands on crash lands on the island and then his it's the ghost pilot because i guess everybody is stuck in a loop that they'll redo everything that they did that day and his head explodes and then his somebody's hands explode and then the elevator hands yeah. oh, oh yeah. because Good that's wall. the girl yeah. who gets pulled into the elevator um and but then like so she's gone right and that was kind of a cool effect it was like real real cheap looking but I enjoyed it uh, and then we get all the money on the special effects must have been used on this this kitchen poltergeist scene I hate kitchen poltergeist scenes they're so dumb like and it happens in it's a trope it's a it happens way too much in movies and it's so expensive and you're wasting like all these cheap pieces of uh, like kitchenware and plates and shit. And like, maybe I, I have a, I have a running theory that I don't think I've ever mentioned on the show, but I think that the, like the, the stage hand union, there, there's this shadowy union of stage hands that are, that when they negotiate to work on a film, they're like, you have to have X amount of scenes for us to clean up after, so we have something to do, and that's why we get so many kitchen poltergeist scenes. Story checks out in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So we're at this after the kitchen poltergeist. I have a note that's um, a quote from Carol. I can't take much more of this, and I was like, and neither can anyone watching. <laughs> You're you guys are forgetting the tablecloth monster. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Or are we talking about the billiard room scene? No, the billiard. I can't remember. That, that was interesting. So there's one couple, because everyone kind of splits off into romantic pairs, essentially. And Yeah, let's split up again. Exactly. So the stalking couple that Scott is so fondly remembers, um, they are constantly, yes. every time we cut to them, they are just ending and then re-beginning having sex, like every single time. <laughs> like It's basically like, all of my wet my wet dreams they're not wet dreams because I never get to finish but like all sexy dreams I ever have like in my entire life have always been like starting to have sex and then something comes up and then like start trying to start and have sex or like get a handy or see some boobs or something and something's always in the way so this is actually like a nightmare it's like dream watching yeah it's funny. Yeah. Uh, this I've never thought that there'd be a time to talk about this on the podcast, but we'll turn this podcast into a therapy session. Um, 
<laughs> I've I've never had a successful sex dream because I actually cockblock myself in my own sex dreams. I do too. No, that's that's okay. common. That's, that's common. Because I, I definitely had. I remember there was one where it was like my husband, my my friend's wife was coming. Your yeah, husband. Sorry, my friend's wife was coming on to me, and the entire dream I was just like, "But your husband's such a great guy." Like I was just like, <laughs> like, it was such a. I was like, "What is wrong with you, Matt?" You're so moral, even in your dreams. Um, I, so like, semi like, the Megan. Dream, dream like, <laughs> yeah. So Megan and I have had this conversation like relatively recently because, um, well, remind me when I get to my wedding, I watch. <laughs> but like, I, I had like a sexy dream after we watched a, a TV show, and I told her about it the next day, and she was like, "I don't want to hear about this." And then she was like, "But tell me more." <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, everybody dies <laughs> at the end of this movie, but then they they come back and it's like you get to live your death a million different ways, um, and it's like da da da. So that's Bloody New Year. Uh, it's not an effective film. Uh, it is not something that I would rewatch, and I don't know if it would be something that I would suggest to people. I know that we don't really do suggestions on this podcast. It's not really what we're here for, but. Um, this is kind of an obscure one that I think a lot of people haven't seen, um, and rightly so, because it's really not very memorable. Like, if I was at a party and somebody's like, put on a New Year's Eve movie, I would be like, well, let me go grab my copy yeah, of New yeah, Year's yeah. Evil. Yeah. I would even be like, let me grab my copy of Terror Train before I'm like, let me grab my copy of New Year or of uh, Bloody New Year. Yeah, I can't even think of when the next time is that I will be watching this movie. Um, I'm sure it will come on again one of these days, but probably not for many, many years. Yeah, um, it did a lot of stuff. I, I don't know. The the voices, by the way, when everyone's officially evil and ghost-like, it is a blatant dead-eyed voice. Like, it yeah. is an exact replica. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I you know I don't know why, but I had that as a note. I must not have like I must have missed it somewhere in my notes. And I just deleted them. But yes, they're absolutely ripping off. Uh, right. Um, um, well, I mean, it's it's only fair because as we've established multiple times, Sam Raimi is a hack anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he yeah. was ripping them off retroactively. <laughs> he well, saw this, yeah. hopped in his DeLorean, and then made. The Evil Dead movies. No, obviously this movie was recorded or was was videotaped in oh, the fifties. Yeah, I mean, I did say I, I did say at the start the- it came out in nineteen seventy eight, so that's before Evil Dead. Just saying. Um, so what- <laughs> I don't know. They they had some good ideas, but the execution was just always fell flat. You know, um, there's that movie theater scene. Oh yeah, if you remember? Yeah, where they're watching yeah, the B movie. That's then, pretty fun. Like the guys up in front of the screen kind of making fun of it, and then the guy in the screen jumps out of it. Actually, maybe the new it movie ripped that off from, from this movie. Um but yeah, it's it's just poorly executed. Uh the whole be- it takes 30 minutes to get to anything horror, and the first thing we get that is horror related is a vacuum attacking people. <laughs> and um yeah, it's it's just a poorly executed movie that has a fantastic theme song. Hey, what's up, Horror Movie Night listeners? We are Scott and Liam versus Evil, all the way from sunny Scotland. Every two weeks, we bring you two loosely linked horror films and more conspiracies than you can shake your anal probe at. So find us online. Search for Scott and Liam versus Evil. We're fun. We're gloriously not safe for work, and we say fuck a lot. All right. Uh, what did you guys watch this week? 
Well, since I already alluded to it, let me tell you about my right. sex oh, yeah. dream. Hold um, on, let me take my pants so, off. I'm ready to go. <laughs> pants off, stockings on. Oh boy. Prepare Are yourself. Are my seams straight, Scott? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's not, you know, honestly, it's not the same if it's a dude saying it. It's better. I'm, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. So, um, have you guys watched uh, Frontier? Jason Momoa's in it. No. Nope. It's a Netflix, uh, I think it's a Netflix series, but I, it was, um, I believe, paid for by the Discovery Channel. It's a historical drama about the Hudson Bay fur company in the um i want to say it's the late 1700s uh i can't quite remember what the uh the date of it is but it's um jace momoa is a half um native american half white guy who um is kind of like an outlaw and is fighting against the hudson bay company who kind of have a monopoly on the fur trade in french canada um like near montreal and and it's got a bunch of very attractive women doing various things like one's a tavern owner one's like kind of a prostitute and then there's like a woman who runs a fur company and then there's uh there's some irish dudes with great accents and gore and it's it's a pretty brutal show but it's very entertaining season one came out last winter and megan and i binged it in like two days like we don't binge watch very often but we killed it in one weekend because we were like this is great let's just watch it and um, so season two came out maybe a couple weeks ago, and we've been slowly working our way through it just due to life. And um, uh, the female tavern owner is a beautiful redhead. And so I had – we watched an episode of the movie of, – of Frontier season two. And then I had a sexy dream where I was trying to coordinate a threesome between my wife and the redheaded uh, – bar owner from frontier it didn't work out um and megan was like i don't want to hear about this but then she was like so what happened <laughs> so <laughs> i was like yeah i cock blocked myself in my dreams she's like oh okay so um she doesn't even have to worry about me in my dreams much less reality so um you know get you a guy like me i guess ladies or dudes anyway but i, I did want to talk about a holiday movie that i watched because um i watched it after we recorded our Christmas episode. So, you know, this is coming out a little bit afterwards, but um, I watched Better Watch Out. Oh, you had posted that on the page. Yeah. yeah, how, yeah. how was it? I won't ever watch it again. I, I think that... I think it was a well-made movie and it's a really good script. Um, I, the reason I won't rewatch it is because it's the kind of horror that I hate where somebody in the, the group in that thread that I, I posted, um, they said something like they were hoping for home alone and they got funny games. And that's a really apt description. Like I was expecting it to be a home invasion that was kind of fun and funny. Like the babysitter was like, kind of, you know, like that, that, that was what I had in mind. Cause that was also a Netflix, uh, or no, I guess I watched better watch out on who, uh, shutter. It was on shutter. shutter. Yeah. I yeah. It shutter. was a shutter exclusive. Uh, it was a shutter exclusive. So apologies, but I watched, Obviously, the babysitter was a Netflix exclusive, um, but I, that movie was very upbeat and light, and I was expecting more of the same from Better Watch Out because I think they came out the same weekend, and I um, 
was very disappointed because it is a much darker film. There's torture and, and like, like physical and mental torture. And I don't like that kind of stuff. Like if, if it's going to be a non supernatural horror movie, I want it to be a slasher that doesn't like get off on tying someone to a chair and torturing the shit out of them. You know, like I just don't, that does, that doesn't do it for me. So I don't, I haven't seen like the strangers and I, 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 have not watched the the second version of ha- uh, of Funny Games and you know all that shit. Anyway, um, so I was very disappointed that I watched it just due to the fact that the actors, like all the actors, did a great job. The bad guys did such a good job that I really hated them. So there's that. That's that's really my takeaway from it. But um, I would recommend it if you're looking for a Christmas horror movie. Watch it once. You know. Okay. All right, is there anything else that you have there, Scott? I'm going to save my... Well, actually, I'm just going to say um, this ties into next week's discussion. Um, I watched the, the Last Jedi, the new Star Wars flick. This is coming out a couple weeks after it came out in, on uh, out in theaters, but Megan and I saw it Thursday night, so we saw like the third showing of it <laughs> um, because she was about to leave for a work trip and um, I knew I, I knew that we would both get it spoiled for us if we waited until she got back. So we went and saw it, and um, we liked it, didn't love it. We're both okay. big Star Wars fans, and uh, she was really, really like she was in tears after the Force Awakens because she always wanted a female protagonist in the original trilogy because she watched them growing up and imagined herself as Luke Skywalker. Um, so when Ray came along, it was like a huge deal. Um, and she felt like they didn't do a great job of expanding Ray's character. So that was her big problem with it. And my problem with it is that I don't think that, and this is, this might be a controversial opinion and I want you guys to weigh in on this and then I'll be done talking. All right. Well, keep in mind that I'm probably not going to, by the time this episode drops, I will have seen it, but I have not seen it yet. I don't have, I'm not asking you your opinion on The Last Jedi because we're not talking about it here we're not going to spoil it etc this is my controversial opinion about star wars Mm -hmm. i think that rogue one is the only perfect star wars movie i love rogue one i think rogue one was better than force awakens i think that rogue one is even better than empire strikes back and empire strikes back isn't my favorite return of the jedi is my favorite it goes return of the jedi and then rogue one because i think rogue one actually is star wars yeah it's it's an actual war movie (laughs) Yes, it feels like a fucking Vietnam movie set in the the Lucas Star Wars universe. And it doesn't have, like, merchandise. Like, there's no kid-friendly character. Everybody is so broken from the conflicts that they've been dealing with. It's so hopeless. um, And yet they continue on because it's true heroicism. I think that that is the perfect Star Wars movie. I don't think that they'll ever get close to a movie that good. Yeah, no, and that's why I, had, I yeah. have lower expectations about the, about, about the Last one. Jedi was more like an Avengers movie. Like um, I agree. Everyone, yeah. everyone got an opportunity to crack wise, which I'll admit I was laughing at every joke, but the joke density of Last Jedi is insane. Like they're, they're trying to make you laugh every 10 minutes. It doesn't make sense. I don't even think... Um, the one previously, uh, Force Awakens did that. Like, I think that, well, okay, so here's, here's my take on that. And I think that you're right, is that they tried really hard to shoehorn a lot of jokes into 
uh, Last Jedi. And to its detriment, in my personal opinion. But in The Force Awakens, there are a lot of funny scenes. Like when Finn is keeps trying to pull Rey by the hand and she's like, let go. It's it's stuff like that that's more situational instead of a punchline. Right, yeah. That's what that and I think that that's what worked for the original trilogy was Han Solo being kind of a, a smarmy asshole and Leia not taking his shit or Yoda being kind of like an irreverent priest stuff like that. They're all it's situational and not punchline. Punchline shit is from episodes one, two, and three, which was very much geared towards children. Yeah, no, that's the issue. Um, all right, Brian, you got anything? Yeah, I've got a couple things. Uh, so I'm continuing my quest to watch all movies that start with Night of the. Um, <laughs> not too long ago, uh, Criterion did a big 50% off sale. I don't know if you guys got to partake in that. But uh, that's about the only time I will purchase a Criterion movie is when they're half off. And uh, I picked up Night of the Hunter. Oh, that's a great um, movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. It's beautiful. It's kind of like a proto-slasher film in a way. Um, I, I highly recommend. It is a black and white film. It is a little bit slower. But if no one has seen this movie, you definitely should. Um, there's a lot going for it. Highly recommend. And the Criterion Edition is fantastic as well. So Night of the Hunter, which might be one of the best Night of the movies I've watched that thus far and then, so how many um, are you in how many night of the movies are you in well i don't have my list in front of me but i have seen quite a few i've even uh kind of dipped into some day of those but uh i'm i'm trying to get all the night of those um no one's really made a list so you just kind of have to you know um dredge the bowels of imdb and just <laughs> kind of see what's need. available there i know what you need you need my old copy, my book called Video Hounds, uh, like Movie Hound or whatever it is. Wait, is that the oh, yeah. yeah. on the cover? Because I have that. No, no, no. Mine has a dog. It's orange and it's from like 1998. So it's a little out of date. But if you're looking for the obscure shit, um, that's the one that you need. It's like it's <laughs> that book actually might turn to dust if I tried to open it up because it was it's like a 1300 page book and it's just you know it's indexed by name it's indexed by um title i mean like actor name title um it's cross-referenced it's crazy uh this is pre you know imdb days um but i bet you could like just make i could i can find it at my parents house the next time i go i'll screenshot the night of the pages, section, like the night of the sections for you have at it, buddy. Good luck. Okay, Great. Appreciate it. And so that is like high art, high classy film. And from that, I'm going to dive into ant farm dick hole again. <laughs> yes, I was waiting. <laughs> so from night of the hunter to ant farm dick hole, um, I'm just going to keep mentioning this movie, I think, until it actually shows up on this show. I, um, wait, so have you those, watched it yet? Or? So I want to say something to you, Brian, because <laughs> I was I was editing the previous episode that Ant Farm Dick Hole came up on, and right. I got to double check this, but I looked up the cover out of curiosity. Yeah, the guy right. on the cover looks like you. <laughs> like, 
Really? And that concerns I, me. I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, well, to recap. Hey, so, you know, maybe my stocking fetish isn't so weird now, is it? Uh, also, Ryan. whenever you search ant farm dick hole, you also get dick shark that comes up in the searches. <laughs> Uh, with the plot line huh. in this story, the girls are the one who say "Don't use the teeth." <laughs> wow! Wow, that's right. I, it actually might be the same filmmaker. Actually, uh, also I'm, that pops I'm up Frankenstein: sure The be. Rapist limited edition release. So <laughs> why? Why? And, some, uh, juicy picks on And wow. also Return to Blood Fart Lake. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm opening a door to a whole type of movie you guys were completely unaware of. So, no. Um, no. So, just to recap the premise real quick, um, there is a nerd who is bullied, and he gets beat up in the woods one day. And while unconscious after being beat up, uh, an ant colony decides to take refuge in his penis. Um, they develop a symbiote relationship. Now, anytime the bullies pick on him, the ants now have to defend their home. And uh, that is essentially the setup to Ant Farm Dickhole. It is horribly executed. It is no budget. Um, but, man, that title, you, it's just fantastic. This man has made 53 films in 10 years. Yes, that man is director Bill Z. Bub. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout out a few more titles as I'm scrolling through here uh, okay. that, are, that yes. are jumping out at me. Uh, the worst horror movie ever made: the remake. Um, <laughs> Pagan metal, a documentary. Death metal. Are you watching to die? Um, Zombie Christ. I told you not to call the police. Rap sucks. Jesus, comma the total douchebag. <laughs> 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 um. Holocaust Cannibal, <laughs> um, Nightmare on Elmo Street, uh, Santa Claus Serial Rapist, Santa Claus A Horror Story, and a f his newest film coming out next year, Exploitation. It looks like Odorous from Guar is the star of Jesus the Total Douchebag. That might be the director. Um, he he always, He's in every film, too, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, wait, they're, wait, they're, are they're, they related? Are they connected with Guar? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying the guy playing the main character might be the director. Oh no, so. I mean like oh, if okay. you look at the cover, the cover is Odorous from Guar is the is the main. Oh, it's literally him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he's okay. the star of the movie. <laughs> he plays Satan, and the director plays Jesus. <laughs> but geez, okay. dear God! All right, so I'll keep mine short. Um, well, short-ish. Uh, so I saw... This one's not tied to anything related to Horror Movie Night in any way, shape, or form. But uh, the local theater near my work does retro screenings. So I saw the movie White Christmas for the first time, starring Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. And uh, if you're into, like, whimsical musicals from the 50s, it's worth checking out. Um, additionally, I saw The Disaster Artist... And I think I'm one of the only people who just kind of was underwhelmed by it. It it kind of just felt like a like an extended SNL skit for me. Didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Did you see it as well, Scott? No, but I understand the concept of yeah. what. I, it, 
almost like diminishing returns. Yeah, you know? and I've, as I've said before, I've never seen The Room at the time of this recording. By the time this episode drops, I will have seen The Room. I'm actually probably going to watch it tonight. Uh, but then the biggest thing, Scott and I both watched for a commentary track, Jaws the Revenge, uh, which is secretly the greatest shark Christmas movie that's ever been made. Um, sorry, Avalanche Shark. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's dumb. It's all of those things. But yet I just, I still love it. I still love it in some stupid way. I love the entire Jaws franchise, uh, and my opinions of Jaws Revenge are no different than my opinions of Jaws 2 and 3. Uh, they're just dumb fun. Um, that's all I've got to say. I'm not sure if Scott has anything else to throw in about Jaws Revenge, except for that it's terrible. (laughs) It is bad, but I did enjoy our conversation. Yeah, which only one person gets to so, hear. But you can get a specialty conversation over a movie if you donate to the Patreon account at patreon.com backslash horror movie night. Uh, or do, they get to, uh, do they get to pick their movie? Yeah, they tell us what they send us a list of five movies and we pick. Uh, well, That's I pick fair. the two that I think are ones that we can actually get through um, and discuss. Uh, all right. Well. That was Bloody New Year from 1987. Don't believe the lies that say it's from 1978. <laughs> uh, and we have survived, I guess. This is this is it for 2017. We're going to be dropping uh, the final of the three bonus live episodes uh, on New Year's Eve. So stay tuned for that and listen to Scott and I ruin some people's childhoods. But... You know, we'll be back in 2018 with uh, The Giver. That's the movie that ended up winning your votes. So I don't mind saying what we're watching next week. Get ready for The Giver. Brian, uh, will you join us for The Giver? Oh, yes, I will. All right. And just so we don't forget, it's very important to remember that Brian directed the incredible movie shot on a cell phone called Jennifer Help Us. So please, if you get a chance... Go and check out that movie. It is a truly wonderful, delightful throwback slasher film. And it's always a pleasure to have Brian on the show. Thank you so much, Brian. We will be back in 2018 with The Giver. listening to the Geekscape Network.